Hello, Spacers from Austin, Texas. I'm Christopher Schmidt. And on today's show, I'm talking with Dave Olson about Pattern Library 2. Dave is a programmer and sometimes project manager with West Virginia University. He's also one of the brains behind Pattern Library, a web design tool for designers and developers for building responsive prototypes. It's a modular build-in-the-browser workflow, helps web builders and their clients get beyond that old Photoshop comp model that we used to do in the 90s. And it's been recently revamped, and so I'm really happy that he's on the show to talk about the new additions. Before we get started, some notes on where I'll be and some words from our sponsors. Uh, the CSS Summit is a three-day virtual conference focused on CSS, SaaS, and superfriend technologies like SVG, Animation API, design systems, uh, preprocessors like PostCSS, and more. You can pick up your tickets now at cssummit.com. The event takes place July 26th, 27th, and 28th. If you buy your tickets, you get recordings for free. Uber is giving me the opportunity to give you, new riders, a $25 credit towards your first ride. Sign up at christopher.org slash uber. You know you can set it and forget it with a non-breaking space show newsletter. When the show's ready, have a new show appear in your email inbox by magic. Sign up at newsletter.nonbreakingspace.tv. You can find notes and links discussed in today's episode at nonbreakingspace.tv. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Teleject, T-E-L-E-J-E-C-T, where I, I try to be witty in spite of my many, many typos. As always, thank you for subscribing, liking, and telling others about Nonbreaking Space show on iTunes. Now, on with the show. Well, yeah, well welcome to the show. Thank uh, you very much. Cool. Um, I think the first question we usually ask people, just when they, if they're if they're new here, we haven't had them on the show before, is uh, how did you get into the web? Like, what made you? What made you decide or, or like, did you fall into? I needed a job is what yeah. I needed. Um, what were you doing before the web? Before the web, I was in college. And um, so this is like late nineties and had a wonderful professor, uh, David DiBiase, who forced all of the kids to use HTML <laughs> yeah. as part of the class. Um, and so I'm doing, was doing geography, um, with a focus on remote sensing and geographic information systems and doing all this classwork, how to do all these HTML pages. So, you know, all the animated GIFs and all that kind of fun stuff. And then, um, I never really got internships or anything like that. So at the end of college, I didn't really have job prospects. And luckily a friend had gone to work at NASA, um, as part of educational outreach and they need somebody who knew HTML. So it kind of combined it. Like I knew the remote sensing part from college and I was able to use uh, those <laughs> very limited HTML skills, but they were like, wow, back then yeah. um, to land a job and then kept in the web industry as, as it were. Okay, cool. So you were you're working for NASA? Well, I was working for a contractor with okay. NASA, yeah. Okay, that's great. That's still that's pretty sweet. And so so uh, what, what jobs did you go from there to there? Like, is this, is this there you went? straight into yeah i was there and um came straight to west virginia university because i wanted to work more for a central web team having more kind of like a strategic view of things okay awesome 
And uh, yeah, then I've been here ever since. Okay, awesome. How is working at, at a university in terms of like, I mean, it's kind of like, kind of hard to say, but uh, a lot of people, you know, we talk to you just um, don't work at a university. Like, is it, is it different than your counterparts that maybe work at, at agencies or, or what, what, what things are you most concerned with at West Virginia, West Virginia that might not be a concern elsewhere? I think we probably share a lot of the same concerns with industry, especially like bureaucracies, like the bigger companies, we probably have a lot of the same issues, Mm -hmm. which is just the politics of it all. I mean, and trying to craft some kind of strategy and vision and being able to stick to it through all the various hippos trying to poop on everything. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we actually probably have a lot in common with larger enterprises of just trying to get things done within this bureaucratic framework. Um, and being able to maintain a long vision. Mm. The other thing is that you maintain things for a very long time, unlike an agency where an agency kind of can come in, probably feel like they're the experts all the time and get right back out and keep moving. Mm. And we're not necessarily seen as experts internally, though I think that's been changing Mm. in the last five years. But Mm. um, yeah, it has its challenges of the bureaucracy, but it also has a lot of benefits because you can kind of push and do what you think is right to a degree as a frontline person um, mm-hmm. can have a fair bit of autonomy. Right. So, Yeah. I mean, um, I used to go, it's been a while since I spoke at higher ed web, um, but I love higher ed people because I feel like they're like the final frontiers. They're like, they're like the, it, like, like you have to know everything about yeah. everything. Like you have, it's, it's a very generalist type of uh, field. And so there was, and a it's lot the of last two webmasters. Yeah, exactly. It, it really is the for the especially the smaller schools and Hyatt Web is a, a perfect yeah. uh, a group to show that off. Which is yeah, you have to be an amazing generalist, a, a good communicator. Um, yeah, it's is definitely the last frontier of bringing web to organizations and making it all work. It's like small business or something like that, right? Right. Yeah, that's why I feel like when I when I go to Hyatt web conference i just uh and i love it because everyone is also willing to share so much and so that's it reminds me of the early days of the web a lot so we're all in the same boat and yeah and and we're not competing you know in a certain sense we're not competing so we're more than happy to share and commiserate and yes complain about people over beers (laughs) (laughs) and this this other thing the other guy yeah so totally get it yeah okay cool and so um, I want to talk to you today, I guess, mainly about is uh, Pattern Lab 2.0. Is it, yeah. Or is this 2? No, we're not just 2. Just 2, two Brad, yeah. like 2.0, so it's got to be 2. So we it's go with what two. Brad. Okay, yeah, SQL. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, can you explain what is Pattern Lab? So Pattern Lab, to me, I guess, Pattern Lab is a prototyping tool for taking a set of patterns that may form a design system and like a, a core CSS that may define your brand and, and JavaScript, you know, core tools and being able to quickly prototype templates and pages from those things to show a client, you know, what might work or might not work. And then past that, you may deploy it as a style guide. You may have it as a testing framework for future changes. It's kind of a um, morphable design system tool builder kind of thing. It could do a lot from one little base of code, but it, so as its core, like like it's you know it's 
it, it could do uh, it could do design treatments and so on. So like, but the but there's a theory behind it, right? It's there's a theory behind it. Yeah, high, high a, design. Yeah, modular design. So Brad had the the notion of atomic design um, like three or four years ago. The idea that any particular page can be broken down to components and then subcomponents and components underneath that, right? So you can break down a page into a template, which would be kind of like a wireframe-ish. And then a template gets broken down into, in his nomenclature, an organism. An organism gets broken down to molecules and then atoms. Um, so he uses nomenclature within Pattern Lab to let you combine and build various molecules, organisms together into these larger and larger groupings, right? Finally, until you get a page or a template um, to actually show someone what's going on. So Brad's idea is the theory. Like atomic design is a theory of, of modular architecture for a website. Pattern Lab is sort of the applied aspect of that. How can we actually put this into practice, take this theory? So that's what Pattern Lab is all about, is taking that modular design approach and letting pretty much anybody quickly use that theory and make stuff happen. Okay. <clears throat> and so these, these atoms are basically, they're just like, you know, really simple things like a, like a simple search field or is, is that, or is that too complex for an atom or is, or is it just like a, uh, like a footer? Is that too so, so for me, an atom would be more of a, a way to describe style. So like a style treatment of uh, colors or a style treatment on headers or whatever the case may be. A search box might actually be a little bit more like a molecule mm -hmm. because you would actually probably try to end up reusing that or making slight tweaks to what a molecule is. Um, so yeah, atoms tend to be style treatments. Molecules are that starting building block for the rest of the things for organisms and whatnot. So yeah. yeah so, so molecules is like when we start... And until so these, so these building blocks, are they're, they're just pure HTML or they're CSS applied to it? Or is it just, or like, like, like so, basically, so basically like a, if, I, if, I, if I have an atom mm -hmm. and the atom is just, you know, just basic, basic, basic um, structure. So it's just, um, and if people want to check out, it's patternlab.io, but it's just for, for an atom is just like just a really basic but like what you said, like it's just like a, a search, just a piece of HTML. Stuff. Yeah, just a piece of HTML. It's usually okay. a tag. Yeah. Okay, and then molecules is when we start applying the CSS, like, we, like you just said, and so, um, and so, so when I download, uh, and you, you, when someone downloads the Pattern Lab, they can just um, start playing around with it and start, you know, do you give them the option just to download an example of of all the templates and stuff like that, or they, or you have the people have to start building their own? So. There is a demo, demo.patternlab.io, and you can actually download that demo as part of the install steps. Like we give you the, the really basic install steps, both, both for PHP and Node. Um, so you can download the demo and start playing around with it. The idea is that you may get comfortable like following through the documentation with a demo, but you'll go ahead and start creating kind of your own, what we call starter kits, which is your, your base set of patterns, your base CSS, your base JavaScript and images um, to start creating your own design system. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I can see in the demos, like yeah, you have like, through all your atoms are basically like, you know, like you said, colors, uh, your font choices, yeah. right? And I guess, and these are just all like, um, yeah, your, even your select menu option is, 
is an atom. It's pretty cool. And then uh, then Mockles is like your building blocks are hierographic footer image link. And so so you can definitely see like it's definitely modular and, and going towards that. And so of course the, my initial thing is this I guess building with Parallab will help out people who are you know working with Smacks or BM BM. BM, yeah, 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 a lot. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So is there do you find more like Smacks or BM in your work or with with Parallab or is this doesn't matter? I think Brad uses BEM. Uh, I know internally we use BEM. Okay. So that's where I'm at. When you get to CSS, I'm like, I'm pretty lost. I just follow whatever my front end designer people tell me to follow. <laughs> uh, I leave it up to them to come up with the, the style guide essentially for that, right? Okay. All right, cool. They're working in it way more than I am. <laughs> and um, I think when I first, like, one of my things, my first AMPs was with Parallel was like, because um, I, you know, I, I saw you know Brad talk about this many times as a as event organizer, and so what when I finally got around to tinkering uh, with it, it's like I thought it was a design system, but now it's not really. It's I felt like it was like a an HTML system, and that I would still have to bring my own CSS into it and to to make everything work and so on that too. So I felt like um, is that a fair assessment? You think, or is that just? That you have to bring your own stuff into it to really make it yeah, pop. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. It's yeah. It tries to be um, very hands-off, mm-hmm. which is both good and bad, right? It's not a bootstrap where it has a ton of styles kind of already built in for you and you have to override all the things. Right. But the flip side is you have to do a lot more legwork to get that basics kind of stuff going on, right. which is not to say you can't use bootstrap with it. Um, you right. can totally like load bootstrap in, but... Um, it's more on the designer and developer and team to build something that works for them mm-hmm. than it is. Here's the answer. Right. Okay. All right. All right. So yeah, cause I definitely feel like that. I feel like this is, um, I'm still trying to get my handle about Paralab and what it means, but I feel like, uh, it's definitely, I think it's, you know, it's those people who, who want to do a custom website solution you know, that don't want to go to bootstrap or, or what have you or a framework, but also want to start building things in a in a module way, which is what it's supposed to be for for the atomic structure. Right? Yeah. The pages saw that too. So um so it's Parallel 2. I'm really excited when I heard about it last week that was announced. So congratulations for that. Thank you. Uh what were the challenges and what things did you look at from going from you know the, the previous version to, this. to the yeah. Um, I think the first one for me personally was time and focus. I mean, it was, it's what, two years in progress from Pattern Lab 1 to an official announcement for Pattern Lab 2. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the life of maintaining an open source project was, <laughs> was yes. interesting. Um, I have a bug request. Uh, I have an issue. So there was kind of that kind of maintaining a, a certain level of focus. The other thing was that we made Pattern Lab a lot more modular. Um, Pattern Lab 1 was very much a, you download this big hulking box of code and kind of install it and use it, and that's great. Um, But if you wanted to update it, you were like literally just copying folders around, trying to not break things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just personally, I learned to use like a dependency manager like Composer on on the PHP side. Um, we got a lot of feedback regarding like, how do I start setting up my templates easily? Right. How do I replace the demo? Essentially? How do I do that quickly? Um, how can I hook in my own functionality? 
how do I make sure that I personally, Dave Olson, does not write every new functionality that's for the system? Because <laughs> um, that was that was one of the big things, right? Trying to maintain a, a project and everybody comes to you with a request and you're like, geez, I got to write this other thing. I got to write this other thing. Um, I call it open source guilt. Like you just, you always feel like you're on the hook to, to maintain this baby for other people. Mm-hmm. And no one's cutting you a check, and you feel bad asking for a check. <laughs> well, which is also like the yeah, like the counter argument to open source software, right? Is this like big, big business? You know, it's like oh, you you can't trust open source software because of the it takes takes uh, it costs money to maintain the software too. Oh, so, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's one of the things that's kind of the back of your head. You know, agencies are using this thing to to keep their lives going, right? <laughs> to <a degree. laughs> yeah. And yeah. so I feel kind of bad sometimes where somebody's like, yeah, so I was trying to get this to work for a client and it wasn't working. Um, so yeah, there's the open source skill and just trying to make sure that I built it in such a way that somebody could just maintain the own, their own things. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to rely on me as much. Okay. So that yeah. was the big difference between Parent Lab 1 and Parent Lab 2 is that Parent Lab 2 is way, way more modular for people to add their own things to it. Um, that is unfortunately not really documented at the moment, but that's the other <laughs> side of open source. Well, well uh, how, how'd you go about doing that in this, in this release, making it more modular, making it more maintainable for other people? So the first thing is using a dependency manager. So for the node folks, I mean, they're probably all familiar with NPM, right? I just like NPM install and I go get some other package. Mm-hmm. On the PHP side, that's a tool called Composer. So embrace Composer to be like, you can do Composer install, whatever. Um, and we've tried to make sure that anything that's within this Pattern Lab ecosystem installs really nicely and takes care of a whole lot of things for you, like being installed in correct locations and updating files and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that was the, the big change. That and also using um, an event dispatcher within Pattern Lab so that people can hook into other parts of the system without me having to write anything. Okay. Right? So they can manipulate data, or they can manipulate patterns, mm-hmm. um, and have things kind of happen. For people like me, what is an event dispatcher? Uh, okay, so let's say we have a block of code that runs, um, mm-hmm. and we say, like just like in JavaScript, you would say, uh, data is about to load. It sends it out to all the things listening, uh, right? Just mm-hmm. like you have a listener. You okay. can do that in PHP just like you could do it in JavaScript. Oh, so a listener, basically. Okay. Yeah. So okay. you had a listener, and that runs okay. when that event fires. Okay. Cool. Right. So, ba- so basically, it, just, it seems like um, I know one that, like, when Brad was talking about going to other uh, other people, and he, he gave his, uh, you know, did give his talk about uh, um, Pattern Lab. He's, people always talked about Node. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it was always it was like with it. I could like I see I see him give this talk a couple times. I think Node was like either the second or third question. Uh, it wasn't one. I'm surprised. <laughs> It was it well. The range was zero to three. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So what I think is, I think it's a it's a very uh, nice evolutionary step to go there to go to, to the two the parent lab two. I really want to say two point so badly. So I really, um, but yeah. So uh, are there any things that you like about um, any secrets or anything that you like about parent lab two? I mean, it's, it's like it's like it's not a lot of work like to to go. From setting it up for the basic idea to make it like to use the npm and and so like that too. So I mean, I, I don't want to gloss that over. So is there anything else that you like to get that setup that you appreciated or like you you or like hey yeah we did that. Um, 
I think we haven't quite scratched the surface of what it allows. And, it, and just to be really clear, there's still a PHP version of of Pattern Lab. And that's what I maintain. Once everybody's yeah. like, no, we need Node. Um, there's oh, another no. gentleman, uh, Brian, and like I've met him multiple times, and I have I can't say his last name. <laughs> we'll call him Brian M. He'll listen to the podcast and hopefully get a chuckle. Um, and he actually maintains a dedicated Node version of Pattern Lab. So if you're interested in using Node and Pattern Lab, it is now available for you uh, in Gulp and Grunt edition. So you can use the one that works best for your uh, task runner workflow. Um, Pattern Lab PHP still works as a task with um, Gulp or Grunt if you, you want to. What I'm kind of intrigued by with the PHP version is integrating it more with Drupal. Um, so a lot of the Drupal folks are using Twig templates and wanting to find a way to do a design system with Drupal. And so I've been working a lot with um, some Drupal folks, uh, phase two, to make that kind of connection happen in a little bit better way. Um, you know, not everything is Node. I know everybody loves <laughs> Node for their workflow, um, but there are some really big tools out there that are still PHP, and um, we're definitely going to support them. What? I can't hear you. No, yeah. I don't. WordPress <laughs> or what? <laughs> Yeah, so it's not that cool thing. <laughs> yeah, um, cool. So I think it's uh, Brian Muen Zenmeyer. You probably did a better job than I can. Yeah, okay. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Okay, so 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 yeah, that's another thing. It's like so, you're still maintaining a PHP version, and you still you have the Node Node version. Um, able to use Grunt or Gulp for for that. So I feel like that's pretty good. So, and from talking, just talking to you a little bit, it sounds like you're still writing documentation about Pattern Lab. And so, the core core documentation for actually like using Pattern Lab in terms of um, creating patterns and the things that you can take, kind of take advantage of with patterns um, to help stitch things together is there. Um, how you can use dynamic data, which is one of the really really cool things about Pattern Lab that you can. Um, you know, stick in a 140 character long block of data to see if a name breaks, right? Mm -hmm. um, maybe you go get real data out of your CMS. You can bring it into Pattern Lab and actually populate all of your patterns with it and see if stuff starts breaking on you. Um, it starts becoming this, uh, this really neat tool for combining various disciplines of like the content folks and the communicators can come in and look at it and start mucking with things. A designer obviously can go ahead and muck with things. And then a developer, a backend developer can start saying, Hey, this is how the templates are going to lay out. Is this actually going to work in my final production system? Or these are the variable names that people are, these are the data attributes that people want. Is this actually in the database? Um, and so having that conversation between everybody really at the get go, um, and have a really nice cyclical conversation, iterative conversation about how this is actually going to work in production. Right. Um, and speaking towards working in production, one of the things that we have added in Pattern Lab 2, which is a big difference from Pattern Lab 1, is this notion of pattern engines. So in Pattern Lab 1, you just had mustache, mm -hmm. which was really great for me and, and great for uh, um, cross-development with node because we knew the mustache pattern engine worked, you know, roughly similar, right? That templating language is going to work similar. Um, but there clearly was a call for more, more templating languages. So on the PHP side, we have twig now as well as mustache. And then um, on the node side, they have handlebars. I think they're doing twig right now and obviously mustache, but they keep adding more, right? So you can make sure that 
Parent Lab can be integrated deeper and deeper into your production end, um, not just a, a pure development tool. But uh, yeah, so that, that's one of the things I, you, you talked about um, describing the, the workflow. In fact, I found like it, it seems like it's uh, Parent Lab and being able to import content, live content, and JSON. Just uh, to me, it just feels like Parent Lab becomes like, hey, let's just do like quick testing to see if this idea works. Exactly. Uh, let's get this little testing. Let's see. And then, you know, hey, is, hey, I got the client came up with some brain colors. The designer came up with some ideas for for this. And then it's sort of like this kind of snowball going out, like, effect that, like, before you know it, you know, like, you oh, and the content strategist has some content um, scopes, you know, for what we for what the content's going to look like, what's the shape of it. And before you know it, you're actually testing a real breathing uh, prototype. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the... That's sort of the beauty of it. And you're in that final environment of the browser, right? Everybody's in the final environment of the browser. You can see, like, is this actually going to work responsibly? Is this not going to hmm. – how is this going to layout going to work? Um, yeah, so it becomes a much faster way of developing, sharing, starting conversations. It really is about communicating amongst a team right. and not just, you know, we keep using that idea of throwing something over the wall to the next person to deal with. Yeah, that's definitely like, you know – uh, from responsible design, you know, summit days and and artifact days, like we definitely want to avoid uh, prototyping in, in Photoshop as much as possible. So, yeah, uh, um, not that anything's wrong with Photoshop. I I love it. So, but you just don't want to just give a comp to your to your uh, client anymore and say, hey, this is this is what your website's gonna look like. So, and the the one thing I'd like to see, I haven't seen it yet. Maybe somebody has worked on it. Is visual regression testing with mm-hmm. Pattern Lab? Oh wow! Okay. So, so if you have all of these patterns kind of built, right, mm-hmm. and you're going to start playing around, you can say, hey, I made a CSS change to this one pattern. Oh, it broke this other pattern. Mm-hmm. And if you use visual regression testing, it could be all, all automated for you to kind of have a better feel for how minor changes are going to affect a lot more. Or, you know, mucking with content. Like we had this really long headline because somebody signed up with a really much longer name than usual. Did it break a whole bunch of stuff? You can find out. Okay. Yeah, is there a way to do a plugin, or would it have to like a do a visual? Is there something that that can be baked into Pattern Lab two point one, or is that do you think that's something like someone externally would have to write? Or a, I think somebody could bake it in today with like a, a gulp or a grunt. Um, you know, you're just going to say like, go get these files from that Pattern Lab is generated. There's nothing really in Pattern Lab that's doing it. It's just right. it offers you that base to let you start seeing your design system in a really granular way and combining dynamic data that okay. you can start taking advantage of. Okay, cool. Yeah, I didn't know if you were like, yeah, a little bit beyond my scope right now, but I just like terms of, because <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, my, uh, yeah, my machine's totally porked right now. But uh, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, I was just thinking like, if this is something like down the road, like, you know, Parent Lab 2.1, that like, oh, you can do this, you know, just download dependencies required for it and then you can just have it be part of your the group, group file or, Go file, whatever. So, what would be really cool is for somebody to write it themselves and document it and go, This is how you add it to on top of what we're doing. And I think that's kind of the important thing with Parent Lab, too, is how much can we develop a community around the tool for people mm-hmm. to share and comment back, like, Hey, this is my solution. Um, you should go ahead and use it as well because mm-hmm. it is so modular that you should be able to do that kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. add this gulp task to whatever you're doing already on top of your pattern lab workflow and you got it. Yeah. Um, 
we're trying to be a lot more transparent about that kind of stuff, trying to build more community. Um, we're not on the slacks. We're on the Gitters. We did Gitter.im pattern okay. lab. Um, and we're there all the time. I get the little alerts to my phone so I can kind of chime in and help people uh, if they need it. So it's another way of kind of interacting with us and interacting with the community and get, getting some help done. Um, I know the node and PHP communities are kind of growing there. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so and Gitter is just, uh, just a chat that's associated with, with the GitHub uh, project. So you can actually have a thread conversations that, that go on. Uh, with open source software, is that is that right? Yeah, I think the the big difference between it and Slack is that by default it's open, right? So you, as uh, somebody who's not signed in, can actually go read it. It's all on the web, okay. um, so you can kind of look through and see if you have an, an answer to your problem, or you can sign in with your Twitter account okay. or your GitHub account okay. and do stuff. Uh, is there anything that uh, if anyone's listening, like what you would like help on Parallel? Like, yeah, I think you have issues. There's you know issues that are open like there's add credential plugin enhancements, just uh, get used to multi byte strings in UTF-8. You know. Yeah, that was this morning. I have to do that. Somebody from Italy um, noted that um, the nav gets kind of messed up when they have accent marks, so that will be fixed this week. Okay. <laughs> so um, I think the things for us are always just to see what examples of what people have done. Mm-hmm. Um, and ideas regarding just larger design systems and trying to um, you know, just share your stories about design systems in general. It doesn't necessarily have to be about Parent Lab. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that helps the community, again, in general, to start finding ways to document, um, quickly build modular, and have this notion of being able to start testing front-end assets, hopefully fairly easily. Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, design systems are here to stay, pretty much. So, yeah, I just it's almost as uh, someone tweeted over over the weekend, like it's like if you don't have a design system, I don't know, you know, like what you're doing. And so I was just like, I was like, you're not really building a website. And I was like, really? Because we we survived the '90s somehow, but uh, going forward, I don't think uh, I think you need to have a design system just to make things easier for you. It, it's um, it's a design systems are similar to like the rest of development since the way the development's gone like in the last four or five years, it's, it's more complexity with kind of crossing our finger. That's going to make things easier. Yeah. I don't know if it always makes things easier. Um, <laughs> trying to get, you know, onboard somebody with node is, um, or upgrade NPM dependencies after six months. Cause somebody on campus hasn't done that. And then you're like, Oh geez, we busted your machine for three hours. We have to come to your office. Yeah. Um, that can be kind of a pain, but hopefully in the end it makes life that like if we add up all the positives, <laughs> it makes life easier. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there used to be a time when you could have tables and space for gifts and yeah, you know, <laughs> and that was simple development. Right. Well, that's how happened. Okay, cool. Um, is there another question that we always ask like uh, towards the end is, uh, um, it doesn't have to be about parent lab, but though it can be, uh, is there anything that you're passionate about right now about the web or, like that like that's that's that you're fascinated by in the industry or not i think design systems and and this idea of process and communication is where i'm really interested right now is how do you get all the appropriate stakeholders talking um and sharing so that 
a design system is properly implemented. That's one of the big challenges that we have in a bureaucracy mm-hmm. here at West Virginia University is to be able to say, we have this assets, we have this brand that we want to implement in all the places, but trying to break down those barriers and be able to talk to people to make them kind of trust us and us trust them mm-hmm. is what I'm most interested in at the moment is how do we make it easier to communicate and to share. Right. And I think like as a, as a, as a managing a project project, like a website design, it's like uh, nothing gets people talking more than having a, an artifact, like a design template or, or uh, something visible for people to see. And so by having a design system like Paralab and having something like that's a living prototype is this, it'll allow people to start talking a lot more. Like even people like from stakeholders to, you know, people on your team, they're up in the build it. It's, it, I think, uh, opinions come fast and flying once they, yes. yeah. <laughs> rather than, yeah. rather than and, an abstract notion. Right. And the idea with the design systems, we start learning and going, Oh, Hey, you're, you're facing this particular problem in your unit. We can modify what we're doing or we need to import that to make that work better. And now we know, we both know more about each other, right? Right. What the problem you were trying to solve. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to help you solve it as opposed to right now, if somebody's going to go off and do their own thing, cause they feel like they're, not that they're unique, because I mean they do have a, a problem, but that we should all be should we all be going back and forth, right? And I feel like, uh, yeah, nothing. Uh, it just it helps. It's almost like uh, beer in a way, like having a design yes. system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> like it gets people talking. Not that you people have to drink beer, but uh, you can go coffee instead. But uh, it just it, it it's so much easier. Uh, yeah, people say no it's so easy. But having a design system, having something there to talk about, just uh, and gain those ideas, and having just anyone talk about stuff, you know, just talking about their ideas for the project uh, is a win because you're actually talking rather than I'll wait until I see a comp, you know, type of thing. No, it can so, totally be a dartboard. That's fine, right? Yeah, yeah. Being a dartboard is fine, but we can all talk about <laughs> yeah. talk about while we're throwing darts. All right, cool. All right, all right. Uh, another question I have like before we before we end: uh, How do you keep up to date on technology and how do you how do you keep on leveling up, extending your skills? Um, the Twitters seem to be the primary one right now, yeah. um, and then Slack. So there's, there's a design system Slack um, that was created by uh, Gina. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely high on the list for me to learn. Um, going to conferences, <laughs> seeing all the uh, CSS and responsive web design summits. Um, those have been really good as a as a team. Your, your checks in the mail. Thanks. Uh, but no, seriously, uh, we, we watch those on campus. So that's really good. Um, yeah, that's kind of where we're trying to be. Um, seeing the conferences, the more we can bring on campus, the better. Yeah. 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 I know. Like that's one of the things where we, where we do our online summits is just because we felt like, uh, um, there's like, like universities, they don't have a budget to send people out. And so we really want to go out there to where people are and say, Hey, if you want to talk to speakers, you want to listen to some great people who are in the industry, uh, check out our, our online conferences. So and that's why we do it. So it's really great to hear that. So I appreciate that a lot. So, and, uh, and check us in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Uh, how can people f- find out more about Pattern Lab and more about uh, f- follow you on the internet? And So for Pattern Lab, that would be patternlab.io because we're like all the cool kids with a .io, io domain. Um, I'm on the Twitters at D M Olson and 
yeah, that's about it. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and congratulations well, on the, on the not 2.0 release, of <laughs> but the two. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Christopher. All right.